Bad Time Movie Club podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Anna. And I'm Lily. Yeah. And it has been so long. <laughs> God, I've missed you all. How long has it been? I think, honestly, it's been exactly two months. <laughs> what was the last movie we did? It was Bright. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> we had to take a break a after question. that. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Why didn't we do Disney's Descendants? Is it because it's good? Because yes. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, actually. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Because I was thinking about that recently. I was like, we did watch that. Yeah. We did. Yeah, anyway. we watched it last month, but I think was that good. was, you know, we, me and Anna couldn't do it as a bad movie. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it's good. It's also like, I don't think there's a, necessarily a point in ever doing like a true children's movie because like... Is a children's yeah. movie at the end of the day. Disney's Descendants is for all ages. Actually. Oh, it is for all ages. So, yeah, it's it's widely accessible. I also, I feel like I would have a hard time also doing a musical as an episode <laughs> because I feel like musicals are corny on purpose. Like it yeah, would be yeah, hard yeah. to be like, what, oh, this is corny. It doesn't we, make sense. But, for but a musical. what if we did? What if we did the Emo Riverdale the carried in musical episode? <laughs> I said that we could do the Riverdale um, Carrie um, episode. What the fuck is wrong with you? All, That's the greatest piece of Western art. All Riverdale musical episodes at once, I think, would be... That'd be good. That would be like a good special. Yeah. That would be a good special, but I wouldn't be able to say any bad things about it. No, because it's only good. But I still when think... I was living at school, I watched the Riverdale Carrie episode like once per day. I probably saw <laughs> it like 60 times. It's actually self-care. I still think we should do Emo the Musical. Hannah, you haven't seen that, right? Was no, it I Emo haven't. the Musical? Is that what it's called? Oh, it's called really? Emo the Musical, yeah. I haven't um, even heard of this outside we'll watch of you guys. I didn't it. realize also that this movie that we're, wa- that we're talking about today came out literally like a month ago. Well, the reason I suggested this, because originally we were going to do God's Not Dead, but it got taken right. off of American Netflix. Right. Um, and Anna sent us an article about this movie probably a month ago when it was released, and it was mm-hmm. like, the worst Netflix movie ever. And I was like, that's some fucking tough competition. <laughs> <laughs> so I was immediately intrigued. Today's we, movie is okay, yeah, go for it. Deadly Illusions, yeah. starring Greer Grammer. Yay, Greer! And that chick from Sex and the City. Yeah. And Dermot Mulroney. Who that's I only her? That was know her name? From... Yeah. No, that's the guy's name. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> her name He's... is Kristen Davis. Dermot Mulroney is um, the guy from New Girl, right? <laughs> Yes, he's the older guy that just dates in the first season of New Girl. I think he's actually been, like, in a lot of stuff, but that's the no, only thing big. I really know him from. Oh, he, oh my god, I was he... wondering. I thought he was just, like, a generic, is middle-aged, dad? white man actor. But that is what I know him from. No, yeah, I think he mostly is, like, a TV actor, so it was very surprising to see him in a movie. Yeah. I think, honestly, most of these people are TV actors, um, except for Miss Greer. Miss Greer, who I was, we were just messaging about, so... I don't, I'm fat. Oh, oh my God. Her name isn't Greer Grammer. I mean, it is. Her middle name is Greer. Her real name is Candace. She has a beautiful name. Candace Greer Grammer. That's fabulous. Serve, serve. Um, Greer Grammer is Kelsey Grammer's daughter. So um, that matters a lot to Hannah and not at all to Anna. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about Kelsey Grammer. If you put it like, you know, that video of... um, I don't know this man. Kiki Palmer. walking down the street. (laughs) 
Uh, meanwhile, I am a I'm a Frasier super fan. I've seen like every episode of Frasier, probably three times minimum. So wow. I love Kelsey Grammer. I don't know anything about his personal life, so don't no. at me. I'm, I'm pretty sure he sucks. I mean, I have a personal connection to Greer Grammer now because um, as uh, Kelsey Grammer played my father on a Fox television show. So tech. So in a way. I'm related to Greer Grammer, and we are sisters. Yeah, you're sisters. Yeah, we're sisters now. <laughs> um, she also, yeah, I mean, I this isn't that important, but she was, like, a beauty queen. She was Miss Golden Globe, um, which is a crazy thing to be. I, I can't imagine anything worse than being Miss Golden Globe and just having to, like, stand there the entire show. Words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I did think she was very beautiful. I oh, she is beautiful. I thought she was very pretty, yeah, through the whole movie. Yeah. And at first, I was not charmed by her little outfits, but they definitely grew on me as the movie oh, went yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Because you yeah. would wear all of those. Don't lie. You could totally Some of them were really outfits. good. I yeah. would. Them, they, it was certainly a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were very good, and some of them were Tessa. One of you said that, that were like Tessa pre-losing her virginity. And yes! <laughs> oh, my God. Um... So this was, I didn't know anything about this movie prior to starting it with you guys, except that it was really bad. It currently has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. So real rotten. Real rotten. Um, (laughs) Truthfully rotten. And what I did know about it from, like, the Netflix blurb in the scene that they show is that it's, like, a homewrecker movie. Like, they get a nanny and she starts, like, ruining the marriage. Yeah. Um, And I... I'm always kind of, like, in the middle on Homewrecker movies. I can really get into them, or I really can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, and the way Netflix markets it is that it's about the nanny seducing the dad. Because it's like... <laughs> yeah, and so I was not at all ready for what unfolded. I really wasn't. Because um, the, the scene that they play is her... Uh, Miss Greer, who plays Grace, uh, like, seducing the dad at the cafe, which is a scene that takes place, like, an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah, Wait, they yeah. play that in the Netflix preview? Yeah, that's the scene that they play. So, I totally thought it was gonna be, like, you know, classic homewrecker setup, where it's, like, sexy younger woman comes into this perfect marriage and seduces the dad, and the, um, the wife is the main character, and is, like, why am I not enough you? And she'd have to kill her at the end. Yeah. You know, like every Homewrecker movie. No. <laughs> it was so uh, much more. It was so much more. It's it's so special. <laughs> <laughs> it became my favorite genre of movie. Uh, In the last ten minutes. <laughs> but I, I, I think I sent like at the one hour, 40 minute mark, because this was a long movie. This was like a clean two hour movie. Yeah. I was like, I'm really starting to resent this. Because <laughs> yep. As much as it's kind of fun and the actors are pretty good, I would say. Yeah. It is without a doubt one of the most confusing movies we've ever watched. No. It it's... was so confusing. And and like, I... obviously that's like the point, because I think also one of the taglines somewhere when we were watching it was like, the line between truth and, or, like, reality and whatever, like, is blurred. Which is true. Fiction, thank you. Um, Because she's an author, of course. And, but to this day, to this moment, I honestly have no clue, like, what actually happened. Yeah. Well, go ahead. You know? Sorry, Anna, go ahead. No, I thought Lily was talking. Nope, I got nothing. (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, the mark of a good 
film with a twist or like a, a decent film with a twist as you would expect this one to be is that they at least make you think there's like two or three likely possibilities and then you have to figure out what it actually is mm-hmm. but here literally anything could have been impossible the entire time we had no idea what was happening no and out of all the theories we came up with uh throughout like the runtime of the movie none of them turned out to be true like we were totally <laughs> wrong about what the twist was yeah and not because it was like really new Good. or different nope. or special it was because we just we just didn't know we're just happening. like why would they ever do this and then they did <laughs> <laughs> i also you know what it really reminded me of and i don't know this might resonate more with lily but it really reminded me of the difference between like westworld season one and westworld season two that's you know? so true yeah no i totally get that it because right, in i West- don't know what that means so i'm saying this for anna's benefit but also to explain my reasoning um <laughs> In Westworld season one, there were like a lot of twists and a lot of big reveals, but they were twists and big reveals that you could like kind of guess ahead of time, not because they were like overtly explained, but because they planted clues really well and mm-hmm. like the writing was tight. And when you got to a twist, you were like, oh, no way, because either it was so good and you could see the setup or because you guessed it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then in Westworld season two, I think they kind of missed what the audience reaction to that was. And it was just like, ooh, they want more twists and they want more reveals. And so Westworld season two didn't make any fucking sense because they were so uh, insistent on confusing the audience and like tripping them up and giving them red earrings. They never guess what's going on, which like isn't always (laughs) the best plan of action. Yeah. And it's like the whole point of a twist or a reveal is that you like plant clues so people could have figured it out or you could like see those hints building up on your rewatch mm-hmm. but i think if we rewatch this movie which i probably won't um there wouldn't <laughs> be any clues as to like what <laughs> no. was happening you know no, oh no not no. at all that's true like there you know obviously you don't want to like figure out what's going to happen in a movie completely but you have to ha- have something so that when you look back you're like oh like, I don't know, they're just, like, the out-of-left-field thing I just don't think works for movies completely just because, like, there has to be some sort of lead-up or else it just it mostly, most often follows falls flat. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I think they, 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 they sort of teased the ending just in the scene. I'm not going to reveal it yet because I don't think, or should I? We should, no, we should. Um, the, the, <laughs> the scene with the father because he says something to her. That is, like, a direct reference to what happens in the end uh, when they're, oh. like, getting food together. But yes. um, but the thing is, that would have been good if it resolved, like, half of the things that happened in the movie. Yes. But it didn't. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. It's, like, the big reveal, the big twist doesn't illuminate any of the other weird things that happened. It just yeah. introduces, like, a whole new mystery into yeah. the plot. yeah. Anyway, because we've been talking around it, we should just get into it. Uh, Lily said ahead of time that the plot description on Wikipedia is very sparse, which is true, because Mm -hmm. honestly, not a lot happens in this movie, but I still feel like there's a lot to chew on here. Oh, yeah. Right. So our main character's name is Mary Morrison, um, and she is an author, and she lives in a beautiful house that must have cost, like, 10 million dollars with her Mm -hmm. loving husband and her two kids the two kids i don't think even have names in the end no (laughs) um and she's like retired from writing and her husband does real estate things Mm -hmm. 
something that we were saying initially with this movie is that they did so little research into <laughs> um, what it means to be in publishing or what mm-hmm. it means to be in investing. Mm-hmm. Well, something I love, I think I touched on this too, something I love is when they make really lame, not lame, really unsexy um, fields really sexy. Like, this remind this reminds me about how, isn't it in After 2 when they make publishing super sexy? <laughs> and in Fifty Shades. And in Fifty Shades, yes. yeah. They think, yes. they really think publishing sexy. Publishing is so sexy. Um, but yeah, there's no, like, obviously a actual correct exploration into either of those fields, especially considering, <laughs> and also something that, once again, there's so many loose ends in this movie. And, like, I guess they could be considered red herrings, because a huge part of the this this movie, and I'm like not jumping ahead too much, because the, the the one of the first things we see is like, what her is it her agent or her publisher something comes to yeah. her house for a meeting, and is like, hey, we want you to write another thriller book because she used to write thrillers, I guess, and and they're like, you we'll give you two million dollars for this to do it, and she's like, no, I won't do that because I become a different person when I'm writing. Which, (laughs) one, I guess, in a way, I guess, hints to the end, but, like, in a weird backwards-ass way. And two, is not really ever shown. Like, the most that we see her becoming a different person is, like, she smokes cigars and drinks by the pool. Am I wrong? Which she was doing before she was writing. Yeah. There's a lot of cigar smoking in this movie. Um, two things I want to say about that. Number one, something that they kept doing in this movie that I fucking hated was mm. whenever they didn't have a lot of details about what a character was saying, like if they were describing an investment or publishing or like mm-hmm. doing background chatter, they would fade in and out of the dialogue <laughs> and they yes. would do like, like Star Wars prequel fades mm-hmm. and they did it like twice in the first 10 minutes of the movie because they do it during this publishing scene and they also do it when the husband is explaining how he lost this much money oh Um, yeah and i was like okay this is already (laughs) this is already pretty fucking annoying but then they do it like 15 more times over the course of the movie it drove me crazy and yeah i it was just such a weird editing choice and lily you said that they were doing a lot of things to make this movie kind of more stylish or like stylized Mm -hmm. i guess yes Yes. And I feel like that was definitely one of them, but it just yes. aggravated me so much because they used it so often. And it just well, it seemed like constantly sloppy used. rather than anything. No, exactly. And I think, like, there's ways to use things like that to make it stylized or artful. And also in the same way, the entire... And I maybe I just don't know enough about thriller genres and this, like, isn't... It, or, like, this is, like, something that is done a lot. But the ominous music did last throughout the entire film. Like, there, yes. there was no respite from it. And I just, like, I don't know if that's just kind of, like, meant to set the tone immediately, but it, it just made everything seem ominous and everything seem unsure, which the entire movie was. Yeah, in a way I got where desensitized it was, like, to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you couldn't distinguish scenes from each other or you couldn't tell what to feel because it was literally the same track during every single scene. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, you're right, um... The main character, Mary, is smoking cigars throughout the entire film. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, have either of you seen I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike? No, not yet, actually. Good, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. I saw it with my dad. I loved it. And throughout the entire movie, she's smoking on, like, this comically large vape pen, basically. No way. That yes. rocks. Yeah, and it's like, it's like her sig- Pike vape. 
It's her signature, like, piece, basically. And the thing is, it reminded... I was thinking of I Care A Lot, which is a much superior movie throughout this because of the cigar thing. And I was like, okay, cigars, vapes, what's going on? And then Mm -hmm. I remembered... Oh, right. That after... And I said this to you. After Stranger Things 3, Netflix is, is like we're going to cut down on how much we show characters smoking because Winona Ryder and David Harbour were just, like, chain-smoking in every single scene. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, we're going to cut down on cigarette smoking in our future releases. So I think this just might be their way of having characters still smoke, just not cigarettes. That's so nuts. It's just like, okay, let's give Rose and Pike a big vape rig. can we think that they smoke that much? Cigars? Uh, Have you guys ever smoked a cigar? No. No. <laughs> I have. It's fucking terrible. It's I'm not sure. enjoyable. It looks gross. Yeah, so I didn't find it like an interesting character trait. I thought that it might be something sexual, but it never really leads to anything. Nope. Um. So, yeah. So she is told by her publisher that she needs to publish um, a new book for the series. She says no. And then um, her publisher, like a new intern at the publishing agency, as she's walking them out, oh, right. says something so derogatory and mean to her where she's mm-hmm. like, I bet you forget how you got here, but you had to like sell yourself in order to get famous. And now you just want to turn your back on all of the people who are offering you opportunities. I'm not quoting it right, but she said something like so mean and derogatory on her way out of this woman's house that she was just <laughs> meeting for the first time. Yeah. And it never comes back. <laughs> nope. That was like the first scene. And we yeah, were like, it was what literally the, the opening scene. <laughs> and it kind of hints that she has like a dark past, or maybe she was like writing about things that might have actually happened in her well, life. Yeah, once again, the whole dark past thing or her like being different when she wrote was never touched on or any sort of yeah. like, it just didn't, there was no follow through. There's so much, there's so little follow through, I guess. There's a lot of red herrings, but the thing is, if you introduce a red herring, you have to resolve it. Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't get resolved. Yeah. And so her husband, uh, whose name is Tom in the movie, I love that his real name is Dermot Mulroney, uh, <laughs> is like, hey, why didn't you tell me about this publishing offer? And she's like, oh, I don't want to do it. And he's like, oh, I've actually lost half of our entire fortune on a risky investment, so you have to. <laughs> It was such, it's such a weird, like, one scene where she's super mad about it and doesn't really ask any questions. And doesn't he, he says something about how, like, we've lost half of, like, what's the word, the weird word they use? Do you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't assets, it was like... It might have been assets. It It was just so weird and she was, like, upset, but it's just, like, once again, as Hannah said, like, not explored. Reserves, it was reserves. Reserves, Reserves, that's right. What the, whatever the hell that means. It's just, it's so weird and so unexplored. Oh, also something, just to touch on since we're talking about Tom, they really drive home how active their sex life is. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. Uh, and it's like, I don't know. Um, I Not to be ageist or anything, but I just don't want to see two, like, 50-year-olds having sex a bunch. I don't know. No, and I think that was kind of it, too, is... And we said this, it's also personal preference. This is a sex movie, and I just don't think that guy is sexy. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's true. I didn't enjoy watching him in any sexual scenes. It just, like, it just made me, like, lock up in terms of my body. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so he's lost half of their money. And like I said, this house is easily, like, $10 million. So he's like, you have to take the $2 million advance. And I'm like, "That baby, that's not even going to begin to make up what you've lost (laughs) with this investment. not even close. And then 
she's complaining about it, Mary is, to her friend Elaine, who's a very <gasps> central figure Hampton, in this movie. Who is in Shameless, and I love her, so I, I respect her. She, she was she delightful in this. this. She produced this, too. So degree of grammar. So go off, queens. Yeah, uh, joint slay. <laughs> joint slay. Thank you, joint slay. <laughs> um, and they're in a sauna... And she's like, ah, fuck my husband. He lost all of our money. And Shinola is like, well, you know, you should start writing. You know, this is obviously the way out. But maybe to kind of help you be supported throughout this process, you should hire a nanny. Which immediately I threw up a flag because it's like, didn't she just tell you that her husband lost half of the family's money? Like, you can't afford to be hiring an au pair or whatever right now. (laughs) Yeah. But she goes to but she does it. Uh, it goes to an agency, right? She goes to a nanny mm-hmm. agency that uh, Elaine suggests, and she gives her the card. That's important when they're at the sauna. Yeah, and she goes to the nanny agency, and it's all like beautiful nineteen-year-old girls who go to Ivy League colleges. Yeah, and they're yeah. all like it's they're branded as being like very smart and very well educated and speaking multiple languages. And there's a classic montage and sophisticated, where they're like, yeah, yeah, where they're like these girls who aren't good enough, and they're like a little dumb, or they like want to spread the word of the Lord for one of them and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it was it was very weird because it was like they spent five minutes talking about how sophisticated and, and uh, yeah. like appropriate these girls were and then during the actual interviews all the girls were like dumb as fuck and i was like exactly. okay well what is the truth yeah <laughs> and then as she's about to give up um our our good greer shows up on a bike right um yeah mm-hmm. she rolls up little ribbon in her hair yeah dressed Mary, in all white and mary's like um oh are you here from this agency and she's like uh yes and we're like uh classic <laughs> um and then she oh right and she rolls up and then sits down and mary's like i'm gonna make a cup of tea and then she's like okay and then immediately pulls out a book and starts reading during the interview yeah <laughs> she had a book in her bag and just awesome. sits there reading even when mary comes back and waits for her to engage yeah exactly yeah and it was very, like, of course, there was an instant connection because, like, she's a writer and her name's Grace. Grace loves to read. And so they, like, bond and they talk about books. Um, and she's, like, And we initially perfect. thought that Grace might be, like, a psycho fan. Yes. Like, yeah, I thought that. Like a misery situation because she's, like, oh, you're an author? But it doesn't seem like she's read any of Mary's books. She's just hyped yeah. on the fact that Mary writes. Wait, and even when we get into, like, without talking about the end reveal, the end reveal... Wh- it, they don't show that she knew she was an author or anything, right? That was just a coincidence that she bought a book. No, but it must her? have been, though, because, spo- like, kind of spoiler alert, but, like, some of the stuff she does is based on the books. Oh, but wait, maybe because this is a spoiler, too, but later, like, Grace reads some of her, like, writing and then. Yeah. So maybe she wasn't a fan, but she, like, read up while they were in contact. Yeah, we really thought in the movie made you assume that this connection between Grace and Mary was, like, engineered by Grace, potentially. Mm-hmm. But really, it was totally random that Grace ended up going to Mary's house. Yeah, and it was completely random. Connection. Yeah. Um, and so while Mary is taking a business call, Grace meets the two kids mm-hmm. of Mary's and has, like, an instant connection with them as well. Of course, Yeah. And she and Mary is like, oh, my God, you're perfect. You're hired. Yeah. Well, and and she hires her for like a week. And then she's like, 
we'll see if you're good enough after the week. Yeah. And then what's crazy is in this plot summary that we're referring to is this, these like two sentences, or I don't know, this like small paragraph covers, I don't know, like 45 minutes of the movie. Because like Mary has writer's block and uses her blossoming friendship with Grace to inspire her. So that is 45 minutes of the movie. Literally, because, and then the next sentence here says, so, okay, we need to, no, hold on. They don't talk about this in the summary, but so we, when the three of us were watching it, we didn't know that this was going to be queer. And we were like, we there, were, there would be like looks or something like that. And we'd be like, oh, ha ha, what if they're gay? And then they're like bonding. And then like the two of them are like getting along. And then one day Mary is like, Grace, let's take a day off. Let's play hooky, which is like, where are the kids? Um, Wait, no, it's not one day. It's her second day on the job. Right, right, right. You're right, you're right. It's the second day on the job. Because I want to say, like, half the time we see, like, Grace on the screen, she's not with the children. No, she's not. She's, like, reorganizing the kitchen. Her first day on the job, she's there for, like, 16 hours. And a big part of it that we kind of laughed at was that she wants to go in the pool with the kids. And so Mary lends her a bathing suit. Yeah. And Elaine is there. And Elaine is like, isn't that a little too sexy for, like, your kids? And she meets the husband while she's in this bathing suit. Yeah. It is, like, a very standard one piece. It is not that sexy of a bathing suit. Obviously, she looks beautiful in it. But everyone's acting like she fully is, like, tits out. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, just it's a not normal bathing suit. And also, what also happens in her first day is like after I don't know when, maybe later, they're like about to do dinner, and then like Grace takes the kids out of the room, and then the the husband and wife just like fuck in the kitchen, or like yes. fuck in, in in the uh, pantry yeah, in the pantry, and we're like, oh no. Um, and again, because Tom is so unsexy, I don't enjoy watching. No, it's not enjoyable <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but that's like her first day, and then the second day immediately mary's like let's play hooky and then at one they're like talking and then there's like a shot where mary like sees i guess this like bra that grace is wearing and is like let's go shopping and so i and i didn't honestly i only connect those dots to the bra thing after the fact because i didn't understand that but then they go i just thought she was checking her out like i didn't think it was gonna be leading into a scene where she was buying her lingerie so she buys her some new bras that fit her right and then there's a whole scene where they're in the dressing room together with Mary being like, oh, you look so beautiful. Uh, I wish that my boobs looked like this. I mean, like, I miss being young, la la. And then she's, like, adjusting it. And then Grace, like, takes Mary's hand and puts it on her boob and goes, so you remember. <laughs> and we were like, oh, it is this kind of movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this was when Anna started dropping comments into the chat way less. <laughs> I was cooking. (laughs) But no. It was because me and Lily are like rapid fire texting into the chat and you can see Anna drop off so quickly. (laughs) It was I was making rice at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um It was just so funny. But then yeah, the next 30 minutes of the movie after this lingerie date is just like Mary checking Grace out at various intervals yeah and then but then okay so there's we kept being like so when are they going to have sex do they have sex and honestly to this to this day to this moment i don't know if they did no they did i don't they know did. they did i think at everything some point. that happened was real right okay okay sure so then- this is very important so mary 
has dropped this line several times that she becomes a different person when she writes. Yeah. Which is very vague, but she starts, like, blacking out. Yes. And having, like, weird false memories. Mm-hmm. So you're left to be very confused if a lot of things that are shown to be happening are actually happening. What's yeah. even more confusing about this is that Mary does not seem to be alarmed by any of this. No, she's just kind of, she yeah, she's just kind of confused. like, hmm, interesting. Because she'll fantasize about seeing Grace, like, get dressed in her room, and she had, like, one weird dream about Grace kind of, like, going to second base with her on a couch, which I don't think happened. Um, I think yeah. everything happened. You think that one happened? Because that, was, I think that everything one was so happened. quick. I don't think because, that like, one happened, I, but I think the bath one happened. I think the, the bath thing, one happened. I think everything happened only because, or it's just because this is a bad movie. Like, they <laughs> didn't resolve why that was happening to her if it, they didn't happen. I, right. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, exactly. Like, that's the, that's the thing. I think the one on the couch was a dream. I think the one in the bath was real. And I think and everything <laughs> after the bath was real. To our dear audience, um, the one in the bath. I have many questions. (laughs) So the one in the bath was pretty hot, to be honest. It was crazy because it was just like she's in her bath, she's taking a break, and then all of a sudden Grace comes in with a tray of things, and she's like, "I've been waiting for this moment," and and then proceeds to pour a jug of milk, um, cover like put a fistful of rose petals, and then put a spoonful no, and then some Epsom salts, and then put a spoonful of honey in her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then like starts to massage her and mary's like no we shouldn't and she's like let me take care of you and then proceeds to finger bang her in the path yeah what? it was yeah Fair. um <laughs> that one was definitely real because mary kind of like snaps out of it but when she wakes up there's still milk and flowers in the bath and i'm like yeah. what happened oh, but but here's the thing that kind of drove me crazy about this whole sequence. First of all, I thought that Mary and Grace, the actresses, had pretty good chemistry. I thought their yeah. um, I thought their sex scenes and like the kind of flirty exchanges between them were pretty good. Yeah. Um, I also it was crazy to me though that she's talking to Elaine about it, like halfway through these sexy sequences that she's having, mm-hmm. either fantasizing about Grace but before she starts, like, actually having sex with her, mm-hmm. where she's talking to Elaine, and she's like, this is my first time being attracted to a woman. Like, I don't right. really know what's going on. Yeah. And neither of them ever really treat it like you're having an affair. Yes. No, I was <laughs> no. actually about to say that because I was thinking about how, like, down the line, there's, like, a thing where she gets mad at Tom for maybe sleeping with with Grace, and it's, like, like word, but also... Pot calling the kind of black been sleeping of it. with Grace. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and she, she, I don't know. I love Mary as a character just because nothing, literally nothing, except for when she thinks that Greer Grammer's sleeping with her husband. She has, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't react no to, to anything. anything. She's just like, wow, no. this is really happening to me with like a smile on her face. Like this is yeah. the best. Yeah. I love experiencing life. I'm like, things are very strange, Mary. <laughs> things are really strange. <laughs> Literally. Well, and that's such a good point, is that, like, these characters don't really react to a lot of things. Um, yeah. Like, first of all, Elaine doesn't really react very significantly yeah. when her, when her like, 50-year-old friend is like, 
I'm super attracted to the 21-year-old who's working for Ooh. me, and this is the first time I've been attracted to a woman. Like, no reaction. Yeah, yeah no. Other, but, other uh, than side the- note, is Elaine a therapist? Isn't that what they said? Okay, like that's another question I have, is I think she is a psychologist, and I think they're friends, but I think Elaine used to be Mary's psychologist, question mark? Yeah, the yes. husband says that she used to do sessions with her. Yeah. Which is insane, because why is Elaine the one every single time then being like, I don't know, Mary, you should be concerned about this girl. She might I be know. fucking your husband. I don't know, Mary. Like, she's putting all these thoughts into Mary's head. I'm like, Elaine, weren't you a psychologist? Did you not do this? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> well, it's also going back to when you said the thing about how, like, no one seems to react really strongly. I think something that does have to happen in movies is, like, things happen and you take them in stride, right? Like, you can't, like you know you have to kind of suspend your disbelief or whatever when you're in the movie like things like that but that being said there is no range of shock or surprise in this because there are surprising things in the realm of the world and yet as we said nothing seems to shake out in a a surprising way besides the one like big outburst that mary has that we'll talk about in a sec like nothing is well, and I also think a big part of that is no one asks any follow-up questions. No. Um, like, there's a lot of big things that happen where it's like, back to the very beginning of the movie, the husband loses, like, half of their family's assets in an investment, and that kind of disappears from the plot. Like, that's the yes. only inciting incident to get Mary to write the book. But yeah. she doesn't stay mad at him, or we don't really see him going back to work. Yeah. Um, Grace has several breakdowns where she, like, starts crying or gets really upset, and she's like, I don't have anyone in my life, I need you, and Mary's always like, I'm here for you, baby, but she doesn't ever ask, like, what's going on with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not even in a mean way, she's just kind of like, where do you go when you leave our home? Like, even, like, basic (laughs) shit like that, you know? Yeah, exactly, and, like, we learn some little things about her, but, like, yeah, if, if someone has a breakdown like that, you have to be like oh you've been through some shit which she has but yeah. she doesn't question it um and the also the other weird part about the mary tom grace dynamic mm-hmm. and i think i have not gotten into discourse for this movie or anything so i don't i think there probably hasn't been enough views to generate discourse but mm-hmm. it is very odd because like we said like no one treats the mary grace relationship like they're having an affair um yes. potentially because it's two women right Yes, Um, yes. Grace and Tom Mm -hmm. having sex is treated like an affair and is taken Mm -hmm. very seriously and is, like, very uh, anger-inducing. You're so right. There's a line where Tom says to Mary, he's like, we should make Grace part of our family in a more significant way that I thought was going to be, like... A third. Like, yeah, they just introduce a third into the relationship. And I was like, okay... Like, that could work, I guess, but it also seems like Mary isn't interested in sharing Grace with Tom. No, no. But she also doesn't seem interested in just, like, divorcing Tom and being with Grace. Like, she just yeah. kind of wants no, to keep Grace you're around. you're so right about the sort of, yeah. like, queer relationship being a novelty, almost, or being, like, something outside of the realm of, like, a normal relationship in the in the frame of this movie. You're so right. Yeah, none of them, like, neither Tom or Mary are looking to, like, divorce each other for Grace. Like, their marriage is still the center, and the movie doesn't end with them getting divorced or anything. Mm -mm. But, and it doesn't seem like Tom even really is that involved with Grace. Like, he's, he has sex with her one time, and he doesn't really seem to enjoy it, even. (laughs) Um, 
but Mary and Grace are, like, obsessed with each other and mm-hmm. very much want to be together and are very, like, single-target sexuality. But they don't ever... It's never, like, we'll run away together or, like, I want to be with you. It's just, like, I want you to stay in my house. Yes, exactly. So, and... I mean, I did not watch Deadly Illusion expecting any kind of, like, sexuality theory to play in <laughs> to it, because, first of all, I didn't even know this movie was going to be about this. Yeah. But if you look at the dynamics, it is very odd. I, I yes. think that's all I have to say about it, is that it is very odd. It doesn't seem no, to have yeah. any finish line. Mm. Yeah, and, and as you were, like, touching on the next part of the movie after this, like, you know, 45 minutes of weird uh, dream sequence, maybe, real sequence, is Mary has a dream. So Mary, like has a dream where where she goes into the kitchen and Grace and Tom are having sex but it's like super like all the stuff all the sexual stuff that we see with Grace and Mary is really sensual and stuff and like sweet yeah and then and tender yeah yeah tender and then all of a sudden in the kitchen Grace is like has Tom blindfolded and is like you do what I say I'm in charge and Tom's like blindfolded and like yeah it's like really kinky She's in all black lingerie and has her hair down, which she never does. Yes, yes. And also she's smoking a cigar, um, and which is like, I guess that is a plot point. Um, And then she like freaks out and like confronts them at dinner. And and both of them are like, what are you talking about? What's going on? And so we don't know if that actually happened or not because Mary keeps having all of these weird dream stuff. But then she like wakes up in the middle of the night and like to smoke a cigar. And she opens her little cigar box and one of the cigars is half smoked. And so we're like, oh, maybe it did happen, right? I do want to talk about this scene because of how it's laid out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, because everything in the movie would lead you to believe it didn't happen because it seems impossible in terms of the timing. Yes. So... We, there's a previous scene, and this is the one in the Netflix preview, with where Tom mm-hmm. and Grace go out together. Right. Like he just takes her out for lunch, and he's asking her questions about herself, and she's just, like, acting differently. Like, she's quieter, she's more seductive, she talks yeah. in, like, a lower voice register. She's, like, meaner. Yeah, she's, she's a little bit meaner. trying to expose her stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... And he takes her home, and she kind of sings along to the song on the radio, and you start to see him be like, oh, like, the nanny, You're whatever. fun. Yeah. But then, like, they get home, there's a scene transition, and she, Grace is in the kitchen talking to Mary, they're, like, making dinner together, and this is after a sequence where they've, like, made out by the lake, and Grace is like, I just want to, they, Grace is like, I just want to be with you, and Mary's like, we can't, baby, even though I love you, (laughs) and right before, like, this weird Tom Grace scene, like, Grace is in the kitchen eating Mary out, like, under the Stone Island. Oh, right! Oh, my God! I forgot about that! Uh... Yeah, and then she's the kids and Tom come in and like Grace pops back up and she's like, "Hey, nothing happened," <laughs> and because <laughs> and because Mary's like halfway to org, she's like, "I'm gonna go lie down." Halfway uh, to org. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill you. <laughs> And, oh so, and so she goes to lie down in the bedroom, and I thought she was just going to finish up, but instead she just, like, passes out and goes to sleep. But yeah. this is before dinner. Like, Grace and Mary were making dinner together, and Grace is like, right. oh, I'll finish dinner, you go lie down. And so she has this, like, 
air quotes dream sequence where she sees Grace and Tom like fucking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then she again air quotes wakes up and goes to the kitchen and Mary or Grace is in the same outfit that she was wearing before. Right. Uh, they're eating the dinner that she was preparing with the yeah. kids. Not a so hair it's out like, of place. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. seem like there was enough time or like the opportunity for that scene to happen. But then we're told later that it did happen. So it's yeah. like how? I don't know what the truth is. <laughs> I'm deeply confused. Wait, and how long was she? How long could she have been sleeping? Like, right, not it that seems long. like it was only dinner was being minutes. made. Yeah, right. Uh, so and they would have had to send the kids out, and Grace would have had to change clothes twice. Yes, that would already yeah. eat up the whole time. I just don't understand why Mary is questioning reality so hard, though, because they don't <laughs> even show like her taking medication or something no, like that. It would have been an easy out. <laughs> She's just like, oh. I must be making this stuff up in my brain. Yep. And this is the craziest part, is she sits down at the table and immediately starts freaking out at Tom and Grace. Like, screaming. Like, screaming in front of the kids, saying, like, you're fucking her, I saw you. The kids are sitting right there, and these kid actors, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm sure it's more of a direction (laughs) thing than anything, but they're like, Mom, you're scaring me. And it's like, girl. Girl. (laughs) Like... I don't, I've never been in that situation, thank God, but I think I would take, I would read the room and leave. Yeah, <laughs> the, I would the say kids that. are just sitting there eating their like, Mom, you're scaring me. And then the mom's like, I'm sorry, children. I'm sorry about this. And it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Grace and Tom are just sitting there like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's crazy because, like, obviously I know, like, if they're lying, they would be lying and, like, pretending it didn't happen. But they're so surprised by her outburst that I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the next uh, morning, she's like, I'm so sorry. It was just, like, I'm working too hard. I'm having bad dreams. Blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's, like, And it. both the husband and Grace are like, oh, we get it. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're fine with it. Yeah, the kids never mention it again. Grace and Tom are, like, totally fine with her outburst, even though it's so inappropriate and I think would, like, be the first thing mentioned in divorce proceedings. Yes. Right. Yeah, the nail in the coffin. And then can this we, is when things take a turn, right? Like... Well, wait, before before things take a turn, yeah. can we hop back to when they yeah. go to the lake? Oh, yes. yes. I wanted to touch on that, too. What? What yes. happened there? My, my, my only, well, I, I, don't, I don't really remember. My only question is, like, when they leave, they went in bikes, and the tires are slashed. Right. Why? Who? Why? Like, do we know for, for sure from the end who, but also why? No. <laughs> I'm pretty no sure. Clue. Here's my, <laughs> Mary has a memory of slashing the tires, but then later we see Grace slashing the tires. So yeah. I, yeah. I think it's Grace who did it, and Mary just convinced herself that she did it. But why? but why did she do it? Like, what was she like? What was the like to spend more time with her? What did she win from that? I yeah. guess it was just it, to spend more time with her, or maybe to like, maybe because when the two of them got home, Tom and Elaine were there talking, and Mary started accusing Elaine of sleeping with Tom, oh, which was crazy. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe, but like. It, yeah, it was, and then she also, like, the tires were slashed, they, like, make up by the leg, the tires were slashed, and they're like, oh no, and they call Tom, but then Tom doesn't come pick them up, they just walk home, which was weird. Um, but yeah, they go back, and then, like, um, Elaine is like, we need to talk in private, and Mary's like, not now, and then that's it. It was just, there's so many confusing things here. Um, 
And Elaine is kind of portrayed as the hero of this movie, like the person who's <laughs> seeing things clearly. Like um, a martyr. And Mary's freaking out at Elaine because Elaine's like, you need to like start thinking more seriously about Grace. Yeah. And Mary's like, how do I know that you're not sleeping with her? Like, she's totally freaking out on Elaine. Yeah. But Elaine is saying, like, Grace is, I think that Grace is sleeping with Tom. And never once is she, like, also, where do, where do you stand on the Grace issue? Because I, yes. I don't think Elaine knows that Mary and Grace are hooking up. But she no. did know that Mary Mary was for real attracted to Grace. She has no reason to believe that Tom and Grace are sleeping together. Yeah. No. It's just because, like, he's a man and she's, like, a 20-something, I guess. Which, like, fair, but, like, you're right, there's no grounds, whereas there's a lot of grounds for the Mary thing, considering she's literally said it. <laughs> I mm-hmm. And, the, yeah, and I said this to you guys early on, especially with, like, the lingerie thing, but even, like, the bathing suit thing. If Grace wasn't in love with Mary, this is... And even it, even though she is, this is such textbook workplace sexual harassment... Yeah. That like <laughs> yeah. Grace could win millions in a lawsuit if she so That's chose. That's true. Maybe that was her real goal <laughs> all along. Grace could bleed these people dry. Yeah. Um but okay, wait. So Oh yes. So, so after she apologizes the morning after she apologizes, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, things are fine and then she like calls the nanny agency and is like, Hey, just checking in, things are great. Um the check that I sent you guys hasn't cleared yet um why and they're like oh yeah we have that check right here but we don't understand who who is with you and mary's like oh i picked i picked grace and they're like we don't have a grace and she's like oh and then immediately is like oh god oh god oh god and then things start like falling apart right yeah and yeah yeah yeah. and this is again like probably three-fourths of the way through the movie it's mostly building up the yes. titillation of the Mary Grace relationship. And this is when it becomes yeah. a thriller, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to Elaine's place uh, to talk to Elaine about Grace and finds her dead. <laughs> Fully dead. Scissors um, in the neck, like, dead. Dead as hell. Yeah. And it's like... Love that. Also, Why? Yeah, and it's also crazy to me because Elaine works in a complex and Mary's going to visit her during business hours. It's probably like 10 a.m. No one's yeah, found during this the day. lady yet. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, we find out later, Elaine got killed at night, so she didn't yeah. go home. It's no. like no one has been looking for Elaine until now, until Mary. Elaine was check married. Office. She had like a very yeah. active social life. Yeah. And yet it requires Mary the Freak to find this Mary beautiful, vivacious woman dead. Well, yeah, and she, like, shows up and, like, she's dead and she freaks the fuck out, of course, and calls the police. And then in such a fun... Like, it's honestly funny. Because, like, she it gets is. there and she, like, goes to the station because she's, like, freaking out and the police is like, would you mind coming with us to answer a few questions? And she's like, of course, whatever you need, whatever you need. And they go to the station and then, like, this investigator rolls up and is like, hey, Mary... You did this, and we literally know that you did this. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I was like, oh, what? Like, there was no sort of hint as to it, that ever happening or that ever being a possibility. When did that happen? And then they're like, yeah, we know you did this, and here's the proof. Here's the video of you walking into the complex. Here's the video of you walking out of the complex. She was killed with scissors, just like in your manuscript. There is literally no way that you didn't do this. And Mary has to be like, oh, really? 
word and then it's like oh I guess I did it like <laughs> yeah. uh, uh. But well, it's crazy like, too because it's like we have this video of you walking in and out of the complex it's a woman who is wearing sunglasses <laughs> and a scarf over her head and they're like that's clearly you coat. that's exactly that's you. what I was gonna say and I literally I couldn't type it fast enough but I was like that could be anyone and literally Mary's like that could be anyone. <laughs> it literally could be anyone. It is the most nondescript person you've ever seen in your life. It doesn't even, to be honest with you guys, it doesn't even look like a woman because she's wearing like a trench coat and like crazy heels and the headscarf and it's sunglasses. It's two kids and the way that on each other's shoulders. Is so unnatural. It yeah. almost, I almost thought it was like the husband setting her up because it was like, yeah. this is so staged that it almost looks like this person has never tried to walk as a woman before in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and also what's crazy too is so like this happens and then they're like, you're the prime suspect, you're the main suspect. And she's like, I guess I did it. But then she doesn't like go to jail. There's no trial immediately. Like, I don't really understand why nothing unfolds from that. I guess she like maybe gets bail or something. And then like Tom is there. Oh, right. No, Tom shows up. And is like, it's okay, honey, we're going to figure this out. And she's like, okay. And then runs away, well, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I got her good, guys. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's so funny because... I think what I don't think he has to pay bail. I think they're just like, even though you clearly did this, we don't have enough evidence to arrest you. I don't <laughs> think she actually gets arrested. Yeah, he like shows even up at though, the station, especially when she takes the car. <laughs> yeah, and the the murder weapon are her scissors from her house. Also, <gasps> right with, with her, her fingerprints. fingerprints on it. Yeah. Um, and so. Tom is like, are you arresting my wife? And they're like, no, no. not yet. <laughs> and so they go to sit outside the investigation room. Right. Which I don't know why they didn't leave, period. Um, yeah. But so Tom is like, you were gone for three hours last night. Like, where did you go? We never find out where she went. No. no where did she right. go? We, we don't, don't find out a lot of things. Fuck, you're so right. We literally don't. And so, again, that may, and she starts to have memories of, like, slashing tires, uh, yeah. using the scissor, like, all of this shit that makes it look like she did do it. Yeah. But then it turns out, like, oh, I still think maybe she did it. Like, we still don't really know. Yeah. Ma- um, well, the thing is, yeah, once again, like, her memory loss is never explained. Like, and I think at one point in passing, we see, like, Elaine's notes being, like, maybe she has PTSD or something. And also, like, I guess connected to how she's, like, I become a different person when I write. But it's never explained, like, why she's having these bouts of memory loss. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Mm. (laughs) Ever. It's not. And so she says to Tom, she's like, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm going to go use the bathroom. He's like, okay, baby. Uh, And she just leaves the precinct. Awesome. (laughs) And she immediately (laughs) drives to go to to i guess grace's hometown yes uh to meet her aunt and we found out about grace is that she was raised with eight siblings she's one of eight 
Yeah. I start um, to get really, really confused here, and I was already I, really, really confused. Okay, okay. Here's I still don't confusing. know what happened. Like, I don't understand what happened, and also, I don't know how to talk about this without kind of spoiling the end, but I'm going to try to talk around it. But so they get to this woman's house, and she's, like, this older woman who, like, lives alone with, like, a dog, and she's, like, uh, Mary's, like, is, Gra- is this Grace's house? And she's, like, yeah, Grace used to live here with me. I'm her aunt. And then, like, she goes inside, and, like, she's talking, and we hear this, like, Every once in a while, we hear this really deep voice, like, complaining. And we kept being like, what is going... Who is who is the other person in the room? And that then wasn't they answered, down. was it? No, it was, because it's the woman who has two personalities um, and is, like, talking Wait, to herself. the aunt has two personalities? Yeah, yes! the aunt had two personalities. <laughs> and so that's never... So, like, that happens, right? And then we'll get to why that's crazy soon. But they, like... And then the aunt explains that, like... Yeah, Grace used to live in like a cult where she was like uh, uh, brainwashed, like heavily abused, yeah, heavily abused, brainwashed, and then she got out. And we, I have no clue how Grace got to this aunt, but like then she was raised with the aunt, and she and Grace like has some like lingering issues because of that, and that's all we get then. And so that's that, right? And so we, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna keep going. And so that's that, and then. She, like, is, like, oh, th- there's something wrong. And so she calls Tom, and Tom doesn't pick up. And then we cut to home, and Tom is naked in the shower. Um, and we see his butt. Which is so sure. crazy. <laughs> like, the I fact know, that he so was, weird. like, my wife is missing. There's a murder on the loose. Time for me to turn off my phone and take a shower. Yeah. And so he's, like, taking a shower, and then all of a sudden, wah, 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 um, Grace shows up in full lingerie, hair down, holding a knife. And Grace is, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she kind yeah, of is. She's, is. she's basically then like, she, I'm here to kill you, Tom. And he's like, he is so brain dead in this scene. He's like, what? No. Huh? He's like, no, what? don't like, do she's this. She's visibly Grace, holding stop. a knife and advancing. And then what's so crazy too is she doesn't even fucking stab him. She just slices him a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, very thin And like, slices. there's a bunch of blood. Yeah, and just, like, really, like, like shallow slices, and then he, like, falls down, and then fucking, uh, and, okay, so then she, like, attacks him, and then it, somehow uh, Mary shows up at home, and Grace is like, oh my god, oh my god, and, like, goes over there, and Grace is like, I don't know what happened, um, don't go in there, Tom is, Ill. and then, like, she's, but isn't she, like, dressed in normal clothes again? Yeah, she put on normal clothes. She even tied her hair back, like normal. Once again, the <laughs> timeline, I do not understand the timeline whatsoever. Um, just like the other sequence. And so they, like, run into the bathroom. And what's so crazy is Mary runs into the bathroom, sees Tom, like, half-conscious, bleeding. And Mary's like, Grace, who did this? <laughs> and I just don't understand. Who, who, el- who else would have done it? Literally, who, who else did I, it? She was very shocked at the beginning. Like, oh my God, are the kids okay? Like, is yeah. everything... Like, oh, she, but she's freaking out. She's not at all thinking that it was Grace. Like, <laughs> Which is insane because we just learned a lot of information about Grace being unstable. And so she like... And the reason Mary Tom? called Tom to was to warn him, him about Grace. Yeah. She was like, don't let yes. Grace in the house. Exactly. You're right. So it's just like, why was she so confused? And then this is when we get the bombshell, which Grace suddenly is like, I couldn't stop her. I couldn't stop her. And then suddenly there's like a snap, a reveal, and Grace all of a sudden is like, it's me. And so what we learn is that Grace has DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, and she has two identities. And the evil one is named Margaret, and the sweet one is named Grace. And we get a flashback sequence where she's this like was in the when, compound. Yeah. 
This Go was when, uh, when we found out that Grace had an alternate personality, I was like, this is fucking stupid. This is the worst movie we've ever watched. And then the flashback happened, and I was like, this movie deserves an Academy Award. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because the flashback, it's like one of her, I assume, brothers is like, let's play a game. You play the role of Margaret. And Grace is like, I don't want to be Margaret. And then she's like, he's like, be Margaret. And so Margaret obviously is like, Grace's protector who is turned evil. So right? what I got what I got out of that scene, the flashback, and I think it's very purposefully vague, but I think this was the implication. And you can tell me if you didn't pick up on this at all. Yeah. I don't know if that boy was her brother. I think he might have it could have been her brother. It could just be like a boy in the compound. But they're sitting on a bed together and he's like, let's play together. And she's like, I don't want to play with you again. And he gives her a piece of candy. He's like, just be Margaret. And so I think yeah. the implication is that she was sexu- sexually abused and she would, like, kind of split off from, like, her Grace persona into, like, this yeah. Margaret persona who's, like, hypersexual mm-hmm. and, like, very, um, like, uh, like, attracted to men, first of all, um, and, like, able to enjoy sex with people but also, like, has all of the bitterness and, like, the anger yeah. from being sexually abused. And right. the grace person, and the grace persona is like totally removed from that. Well, also something that you like mentioned when we were watching this that was like definitely not thought about when they made this movie. But if you look at it in this light, is like woke as fuck. <laughs> is is about how yes, this was what, this yeah. is why I thought the movie deserved an award after we watched it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the 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 kind, sweet, like good persona of grace is like gay or is like in love with mary (laughs) but then the evil margaret sexy devil margaret is like having sex with tom and is straight so it's like woke (laughs) that's i honestly was like this is brilliant this is a subversion because usually in these kind of psycho lesbian movies it is like being desirous of women that makes these women evil but it's actually like the sexual abuse that she experienced at the hands of men made her evil, and her lesbianism is what kept her good and grounded. Yes. The lesbianism so it, saved like, her. Queen shit. And, yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, who do I talk to to get this movie selected for a GLAAD award? <laughs> I, oh, I, okay, also, now that we've revealed this is the thing, first of all, um, James McAvoy and Split could never. Um, so second of all, um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But okay, so this then begs the question. Wh- so the aunt that Grace was living with also seems to have DID. So DID it, it, is it, jo- not genetic. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not genetic. I mean, they're they're not related. So then, th- okay, there's so many options. Is it like? Grace had DID when she was little and the aunt took her in because she understands. Did Grace get DID from the aunt? That can't be right. Is it just a coincidence? There's like, there's just no, I don't understand the conclusion that the, that the aunt has it and so does Grace. Like, I guess that in, in hindsight is meant to be like a hint, but there's no reason for that to, to be the case. That's why I been... thought she didn't have it. That's why I was confused. I thought like, they were gonna say that Grace was there and she was talking the deep voice. Yeah. I don't. Maybe no, I missed they, like, something. No, they both definitely like like they both the aunts like the whole thing was how she was like being mean to the, her to her dog with like her deep voice and then all of a sudden her normal voice was like good puppy, um, and that was and that was it. But like I just don't understand, um, 
So that fucking happened. And then... And then it's very weird because... Yeah, what's very weird is that Margaret was planning on killing Tom all along. And then Margaret's persona takes over. And she's trying to tell... Like, she's trying to convince the Grace persona to kill Mary. And Grace is like, I love Mary. I won't kill Mary. I Like, I've... Mary's the only person who's ever taken care of me. And Margaret's like, fuck it. No, no one loves you. And she tries to kill mary and my question is right. what was margaret's end game in all of this like, like what was margaret planning yeah, on getting out of the double homicide chaos because yeah, it would be chaos. evil chaos head <laughs> that's what i'm gonna start calling you anna <laughs> kill me um but yeah i was like wouldn't it make I kind of would have preferred if Margaret was, like, kind of on Grace's side because she was always kind of Grace's protector. Yeah, So yeah. I think it would make more sense if, like, Margaret was killing Tom so Grace and Mary could be together. Yeah. Because she's, like, kind of embracing Grace's desires in a more destructive way. But yeah. Margaret also trying to kill Grace, uh, Mary doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I And also, like, yeah, I don't know. It also... As far as plot-wise, I feel like... I don't... I, I did watch Split. I, I I remember when. And I saw the one after it, too. Um, but it was very much, like... Well, actually, maybe this isn't the case. What I was going to say is, like, the big reveal, the big, like, you know, climax is this reveal that she has two personalities. And then the the falling action is very quick. Like, the there's, like, maybe five minutes after we learn about her having DID. And then it cuts to, like, a one-year-later sequence. So it's just, like, that, like, there was just so little after that 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 obviously is meant to be the big thing. Also, this goes without saying, but, like, uh, shitty depictions of mental illness, as always. Of course, um, yeah. Of, like, you know, personality This is not how DID manifests evil. whatsoever. Yeah, no, 100%, no. But it's just, like, I, I don't really understand what was, like, as you said, what was meant to happen because it's, like, so what happens is, like, it gets revealed and then, like, they tussle a bit, Mary and Grace slash Margaret, and then Mary knocks Grace out, and then it cuts to a year later. Like yeah, and it Mary and Tom are still together. I, I guess they worked on their relationship. Yeah, um, it's like beautiful, and they're like, and also it wasn't like I was almost expecting Tom to be dead, but it was just like he's he's around. He was fine. Like, yeah, yeah, he was fine. fine. <laughs> um, Mary brings her new book to Elaine's grave and is like, "Thanks, Elaine." Oh, we also find out that the reason Grace came to Mary's. Uh, Right. House in the first place was that she used to work at the sauna that Elaine and Mary were at when Elaine said, oh, you should get a nanny. She took the business card out of Mary's stuff, went to go get hired there, but they rejected her and she just went to Mary's house anyway because that was the first place on their contacts Mm -hmm. list. Yeah. You know, as you do. So once again, it was completely random. Like, why did she do it? Why did she? Because she it? wasn't. If she wasn't in the nanny registry, she wasn't getting paid. So yeah. what? It just yeah. like it's completely random. Like, what was Mary slash Grace's goal? Because it wasn't a vested interest. I mean, not Mary slash Grace, Margaret slash Grace. Because it wasn't a vested interest in Mary specifically. Because it just was circumstance. So it's just like there's yeah. no, there's no yeah. um, inciting action. There's no. I don't know. Like, there's no reason. No reason. <laughs> there's none. And And once again, I'm like, where was she living if she wasn't getting paid when she was leaving their house at night? Literally so many questions. And also just, like, 
the, and the fucking movie, like, she goes to the, she's writing a new book that's, like, obviously isn't making her feel crazy anymore. Great, go off. And then she goes to a mental hospital to visit Grace, where she's now checked in. Which, like, honestly, sure, kind of sweet. And so, like, she, like, goes in it. and checks in. And then, like, Grace is in there, and it's like, oh, my God, Mary, so good to see you. Let's play cards. And they're playing cards, and it's really nice, and they're, like, obviously still close. But then the final shot is a woman leaving the mental hospital dressed the exact same as the person who killed Elaine was when she snuck out with, like, the glasses and the headscarf and the trench coat. And so are we meant to be like, that's Grace. But here's, okay, here's my theory about the end of Deadly Illusions. Okay. Um, I don't, (laughs) so remember how I said that it was like, it was obviously, it could be anyone because it was a headscarf and glasses, but Mm -hmm. also Mary did disappear at night for three hours and we never find out where she went. I think it was just Mary who killed Elaine. (laughs) What the fuck? But like, how did she kill Elaine? (laughs) But then also, if that's the case, then why would Mary, who walked in completely normal, walk out of the mental hospital dressed in disguise? But then it's also like, how would Grace have gotten those clothes? Because that's not the outfit Mary walked in with. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I don't understand. The ending of the movie makes no sense. And uh, this is going to be another annoying moment. Have you guys, have either of you seen the movie Perfect Blue? No. No. The the plot of this movie it's a it's a fabulous movie it's an anime movie from I think 1997 and it's very mm-hmm. much kind of much like uh, Persona or all of these kind of uh, classic weird like woman gender movies where it's like who am I what does my image mean it's fabulous yeah but the ending of Perfect Blue is very very similar to this movie and so I feel like it was an allusion to Perfect Blue and maybe. But it just doesn't make any sense in the context of this movie. No, it doesn't at all. And it also, like, it's just, I feel like it's a classic, like, thriller, you don't want to end it on a perfect note kind of thing. So it was just, like, a choice to end it kind of on a twang. But you can't do that when there's there's no logical explanation for it. Yeah, I think they should have just ended it with Mary and Grace playing cards. Sorry. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, I think when we talk about I mean, maybe we're moving on to that part, like, what could have made this a better movie? I th- That was one of my things, too. I, yeah. That's the thing. I actually yeah, thought that I was kind know. of a nice ending. Yeah. <laughs> because so, I like, think, like, as you said, Lily, it's obviously not a charitable depiction of mental illness. But I thought that yeah. note at the end where it was like, obviously, you didn't mean harm to these people. You were just unwell and your relationship can be okay afterwards. I thought that was kind of yeah. nice. I think, yeah, and I think, like, as Anna just said, like, we always are like, can this movie be made better? Like, I think it could. It just has to be, like, entirely fixed up. And I Mm -hmm. also don't think it's, like, as some of the movies we watch, it's not, like, a perfect piece of bad cinema, in my opinion. Like, I love, you know, the perfection of, like, Kissing Booth or of After. Those are perfect standalone, like, bad movies. But this was yes. just so confusing. There was too much, qu- too many questions. Yeah, I think when I watch a movie like Kissing Booth or After, I have a good time throughout. Um, yes, because I don't, I don't want anything more than what's being shown to me. Yeah, uh, I think with this movie, 
and I, I said this while we were watching it, even though it's a genre that I really like and I thought the actors were good, it mm-hmm. was so frustrating to watch. It really was. Yeah. Like, I was getting mm-hmm. very confused. You couldn't really tell who you were supposed to be rooting for. Um, yeah. It was obviously a movie that was more invested in the audience's reactions to things. Yes. Than it was in creating coherence. Yes, yeah. exactly. It was, there's so many tropes they were playing and, like, playing up the, because I do think, like, this movie falls under the category of this sort of trend of, like, Netflix originals or movies in general being, like, weird, sexy, like, kinky, like, fucking 365 and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did get, like, some 365 Vibes. flashbacks when we were watching it <laughs> when will that sequel come out i'm looking it up i'm ex- i've been kind of keeping hopefully track of it i think it got delayed because of covid but hopefully it's in production oh you're now. so right yeah some research um i think overall it's like yeah i think you're right lily i think there. what made me angry about this movie most of all was just that big parts of it were very lazy it just felt like a very lazy film overall yes um mm-hmm. And I said, like, the editing, uh, the sound editing annoyed me when it was, like, parts like parts that they didn't finish writing, but they were like, ah, just throw a loopy sound into it. Yes. Not a lot of research went into it. Um, and you don't, you don't need to have all of this texture in, like, a Netflix bad movie. No, almost. you don't. It's like, yeah, I, don't e- yeah. I don't even know if I would be invested in making it a like a good movie i just think there's ways to make it like a better bad movie i know what yeah you mean. Well, that's what I, I was about to ask i was or like even like a, no go for it i was gonna say even like an enjoyable watch for the whole yes. time no yeah, exactly. exactly it wasn't because we were all so confused by it the entire time and it like i don't know it makes me question like a movie like this like were they actually going into it being like this is going to be an amazing film like, I always wonder that about movies like this. Um, yeah. And I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, Especially it, it, when it is, like, written and produced by people who are in it. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. The director, producer, and writer are all the same person, Anna Elizabeth James. Um, Girl boss. It is also co-produced, like you said earlier, by Greer Grammer, who plays Grace, and Shanola Hampton, who plays Elaine. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, this is, it's almost like California Christmas, where this is obviously someone's passion project, <laughs> passion project if they're directing, yeah. producing, writing. Yeah. Add, an, add Anna Elizabeth James to the number of Annas committing bad movie sins, <laughs> Anna Todd being number one. <laughs> oh, it's thank cursed. God. Me being number two. No! <laughs> Anna Todd, Anna, our friend, Anna Elizabeth James. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I don't know with this movie. There's something, there. I have to admit, there's something that really compels me about it. I think there yeah. is, like, and I'm not saying that because uh, it's a, just a psycho lesbian genre, because there's been some duds in that category. I can freely admit that. Sure. But I think if they had spent less time with Mary and more time with Grace, kind of, like, yeah. setting up the foundation of, like, maybe Grace's background or, like, what's going on with her, because we don't get any interior life for Grace until no. the last 10 minutes. No, not at all. Yeah, And I, I think know, that's it's, supposed it's to make her more... Character. Yeah, it's supposed to make her, like, mysterious and kind of sexy, but it's, like, 
that doesn't really work if your reveal hinges on her background. Yes. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So I think to make this better in a bad movie way, I would just cut out all of the fat, like, all of the background stuff that's happening. You don't need to focus on it so much. Yeah. Um, Kind of explore Grace more. And just, like, just have it be the triangle of the relationships. Have it be, like, Mary, Tom, Grace. You don't need all of this, like, side drama, the side gaps. Yeah, I know. And I honestly, Um, and if we're playing into the category of, like, bad movies, like, make it crazier. I don't know. Make it more insane. Yeah, have Grace kill more people. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That'd be great. I would love for them. I don't know if this would make it. Here's the thing. If it's going to stay in the bad movie zone, Mm -hmm. then maybe keep this. But, like, maybe it would be a more enjoyable watch for me if they had an explanation for why Mary (laughs) was didn't think anything was part of reality I and was know, just okay with that. It's such yes, a crazy absolutely. huge plot hole. Like, it, that she can, like, sudden, like, it's it's both a plot hole and also, like, a massive, like, what's the word? Like, I don't know, not a loophole, but, like, the way in which they can use the fact that she doesn't know if anything is real to just make the movie is just, like, yep, it could have been. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to word this. Just, like, you can use her not knowing anything for everything so it's just a massive like cop out it feels like to me yeah i feel like with this movie i i don't know anything about anna elizabeth james she doesn't have a wikipedia page so if she's listening to this sorry if i'm way off base but i feel like Mm -hmm. she is a fellow connoisseur of psycho lesbian movies because Mm -hmm. you got all the pieces you know you got the perfect blue you've got the black swan you've got the persona like all of this stuff where it's like you're you remind me of myself i'm losing memories i'm losing time there's like a, an identity thing happening yeah it's all it's all there and so i feel like there's a lot of i see a lot of pieces of other movies in this genre mm-hmm. but none of them none of them gel it's not sticking together this is not yeah. black swan because we don't have like Mary's a sensitive artist, but we don't know what her issue is. We know that no. Natalie Portman's issue in Black Swan is that she's, like, infantilized by her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know uh, what's real and what's not, but not in a persona way where it's, like, misogyny has, mm-hmm. like, ruined this woman's life to a point where she can't trust her own senses. It's just, like, she can't mm-hmm. trust her senses. We don't know why. Um, There's just no follow-through all... on anything. Yeah, it's all (laughs) signifiers with nothing underneath. And so I think all you need is that something underneath. You need these characters to have a texture that leads to these gestures. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Man. Anyway, I feel like I've compared, like, so many movies that we watched to Persona. (laughs) Well, that's because Persona... They've all been psycho-lesbian movies. Exactly. It's like the OG psycho-lesbian movie for those listening who don't know. For Anna, who doesn't know, it's like... (laughs) Do you know about Persona? I don't know if I've talked to you about no! it. No! Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just going to sit here in silence. It's, it's this movie that came out in, like, the 60s, and it's Swedish, and it's a psychological drama, and it's about these two women who, like, live alone together, move to, like, the seaside together, and it's very trippy and very, like, psycho-lesbian, but it's, like, it's... It's very good, to be clear. It's like, really it's good. It's a truly oh, no, it's excellent an movie. movie. But most, like, there's Persona vibes in, like, The Roommate. Like, there's, you know, it's it's sort of used everywhere, but it's just, like, used wrong in most places. Um, but it's, like, a, it's a classic. It's great. Yeah. So I, I actually really enjoyed watching this movie once I 
first of all, I enjoyed watching it because I always like watching movies with my friends. Ah. But once I had, like, some perspective on what was going on, I was intrigued. Uh So I think there's a... I think there is, like, all of the parts to make this movie good. And you just need to start sticking those puzzle pieces together. Yup. Yeah. (laughs) Say that. Man. All right. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know what our next bad movie will be. I don't know. If anybody listening has suggestions, please send them out. We would love yes, to. Those we'll try movies. to find a way to watch God's Not Dead. Yeah, we'll find we'll find it somewhere. I would love to do God's Not Dead because I've definitely been, for personal and professional reasons, um, more involved with the evangelical Christian community. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I am very much interested in kind of discussing that film and its culture. Yeah, <laughs> we'll delve in. And may you watch Emo the Musical, too. <laughs> yeah, yes. Emo the Musical's good. It's great. Well, if you would like to send us bad movie suggestions, we are on Twitter at Bad Time Movie Club. Uh, no, we are on Instagram at Bad Time Movie Club and Twitter at Bad Time Club. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. I'm sorry that it's great. been such a long wait between episodes. It's been a crazy couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> but here we are now. Yeah. Here we are now. We'll be back soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Probably. We will. Yeah, we, we will. will. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Hannah. I'm Anna. And I'm Lily. Thanks for joining us. Bye. 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 Bye.